Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
we passed another law, we passed another this, we passed another that. And we're getting some progress. But today another man got sentenced to prison. Last week another man got sentenced to prison. Week before that, week before that. Many times in places where we passed a law. A lot of times in places where we haven't passed a law. But the point is passing the law does not keep people from getting locked up, and I think it's really important. I just did a post today, and it was hashtag legalization is not enough. Frankly, legalize it just doesn't cut it to me. Um, and this is my show, so I can have that opinion. Anyways, my name is Joe Grumbine. I am the CEO of a little group that we call the Human Solution International. We're a civil rights nonprofit, federally recognized 501c3, and we're dedicated to the concept and principle that no one should ever go to jail for a plant. We don't end there. We have uh, people helping out all kinds of other causes, and, and there's lots of reasons. Anything that affects our civil rights, our human rights, that's what we're about. Uh, probably after cannabis prohibition is over, the war on drugs is given up, we'll probably go after something else equally as important, maybe uh, the child sex trade or something heinous something that's just ridiculous that it is, still exists in modern times. But today, cannabis prohibition affects so many people on so many levels in so many ways that we cannot let it rest. We can't give up after we've passed our law. I know so many people rest on laurels so quickly and easily, and I frankly agree with celebrating our victories. Hopefully Michelle Button will be calling in uh, with a Double-edged call. She had a huge victory, gigantic victory. And you, the human solution, anybody who participated on any level is part of the human solution, you helped make it happen. Um, she's gotten a great amount of inspiration and um, courage and strength, not that she didn't have it already, but we are amplifiers of that. Uh, people call me up all the time and say, help me, help me, help me, and I say, well, you got to, be able and willing to help yourself for my help to be of any value because I, I can't want it more than you. I can't um, carry you. I can amplify your efforts. We can amplify your efforts, and that's one of the things we do best. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk, hopefully, Michelle will call in with the story of her victory, um, but she got hit with the defeat as well, and hopefully she's going to continue her course of courage and, and moving forward and fighting until she gets what she deserves, which is keeping her job, her freedom, and not being a criminal. So um, that's one of the things we're going to be dealing with today. I have a bunch of callers once again. This time we got the show right. Thank you, Becca. Um, so we have two hours of which that we can talk and people can call and uh, we can communicate and all of these fun things. Um, but Adam Asenberg uh, was supposed to come on the show. He's been doing really well. He's got kidney problems, and uh, he has been taking cannabis oil, and it's been helping. He's been able to eat, and he's been able to uh, function for the last nine days. But I got a message that he had a little, a little hiccup, and he's not been feeling good the last couple of days. So... Uh, we wish him the best, and we know that he will be coming up um, probably next week. Next week, we have a really interesting guest. Um, Irma Allred is going to be joining us. 
and there's a hurricane with the same name pounding through, getting ready to bear down on, on Florida right now. And I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think she lives in Florida. So um, hopefully Irma will be there and the other Irma will have moved along. Um, but she served a lot of time in federal prison for pot, and she was one that stood and fought and got her ass handed to her, uh, didn't rat, and did, I don't remember how much time, but it was a long time. And she worked inside a federal prison. She paid off a huge debt. It was like $30,000 or something that the government had imposed upon her, and she worked that sucker off. We were supporting her in prison at the time that she was going through that. Meanwhile, at the same time, she had brain problems, and she had to have a brain surgery inside a prison, and fortunately she survived that. Well, apparently just recently she had another surgery, and I guess she's doing pretty well, and so she's agreed to come aboard and do the show with us uh, next week. The following week, we have a couple of very special guests, or maybe a few special guests. Um, it's our chapter from Friendly Manitoba, Canada. They're going to be calling in to talk about an event coming up in about two and a half weeks. And my wife and I are going to be heading up there. We're going to go meet the Canucks. And, of course, people always call me while I'm doing my radio show because that's the best time to call. Um, so, anyways, we're going to have the Canadians be calling in, and we're going to talk about this event that's coming up um, the end of September. But the point was is here we are. Another year has gone by. People still getting locked up for cannabis. In California, uh, hell, they're going after an attorney that was representing a client um, in San Diego. Now, the attorneys being gone after changes the game a little bit. And if they get away with this, um, it'll probably cause a lot of attorneys to turn tail and run because they tend to not be the the most courageous of folks, even though they, you know, play it on TV. Um, typically they don't go where they're not welcome. They typically don't run into a fight. They typically will, you know, navigate the waters as best as they can. But if they think that there's sharks in the waters, my guess is uh, not so many of them will be hanging around, just like the doctors. So few doctors are willing to jump into the arena, even though, frankly, many of them are learning what we already know about this plant and about the efficacy and the safety and the, the relatively low risk, um, if any risk for that matter. So the point is, is the doctors, few and far between, willing to stand up and be, be part of this fight. Um, the lawyers, you know, they go where the money is, uh, but if they think that they're going to get prosecuted for their actions defending a defendant, whether you like that defendant or not, I've heard all kinds of, of BS about, you know, these people were scumbags. Maybe they were, but scumbags or not are still entitled to counsel, and cannabis shouldn't be a crime. So whatever scumbaggery they did, um, the cannabis shouldn't have been the crime, and that's kind of the point of it all. So that's all happening. This is California where we started it all. Uh, 1996, we passed our Prop 215 that allowed for the cultivation, possession, transportation, distribution of cannabis as it was needed for people who qualified. And it seems like a, I don't know, vaguely written, but 
as laws are supposed to be represented, if there's ambiguity in a law, the balance or the error is supposed to be on the side of the defendant. But unfortunately, anybody who knows anything about our legal system rather than our justice system realizes that if there's ambiguity, they tend to use it against us, just like everything else. All right, you are on the Coffee Party Radio Network, and if you would like to call in and join this show, all you need to do is dial 646-929-2495. Or there's a link bubbling around Facebook, and there should be a link on our website, which is thsintl.org. And if you click on that, uh, you should be able to click on the link and watch this. I know the Facebook live stream is being... Uh, shared across the Facebook waves or whatever the universe is in Facebook. It's all happening right now. I'm hoping that I can uh, carry the show along long enough to keep it interesting. We have um, hopefully some more guests that will be calling in. If you feel like uh, you've got something to say about ending prohibition, please join the show. Help help me out a little bit. I am uh, good at monologuing sometimes, but... Today's been an odd day. I don't know how much monologue I have in this jug of mine. Um, we're going to bring up Kathy Z. She is a board member of the Human Solution International and a roommate, as it just so happens. Uh, she helped get me out of jail when I was locked up more than once, and uh, hopefully that won't be necessary again anytime soon. But... I've never been one to walk away from a fire, and if a fire were to come, you will know where to find me. Anyways, without further ado, the amazing Kathy Z. Welcome to the show, Kathy. How are you doing today? Hi, Joe. I'm doing good. I was uh, going to have you pull me up when Craig gets on so I can wish him a happy birthday for next week. And uh, that I'm so glad that Irma is going to be uh, taking part in the radio show. She's a very dynamic woman. Well, Irma said that uh, she wanted to get more involved with the Human Solution International, and I really am touched by that. And the reason I'm so touched by it is because of the, I don't know, I'd have to say hundreds of people we've supported, including all the prisoners and uh, defendants across the the years, very few of them ever stick around when their case is over. And so for Irma to, uh, well, after a year, and I don't know if this is going to work. It's feedback. Um, hang on a second. The live feed is feedback, so we'll see how it goes. Anyways, um, you know, well after a year after she's gotten released from federal prison, and I think she served 30 years or something like that. It was a long time. Yeah, it was like um, 22, I think. All right. Well, anything more than a year to me will be uh, oh, incredibly yeah. long. So, um, But to imagine 20 years behind bars is, is unimaginable. But, you know, it's a funny mm-hmm. thing. She remembered all the support that we gave her and um, – she recognizes the value of the work that we do. And I've noticed in the last, I don't know, two years, I've been sort of uh, compartmentalizing my social network world and my personal page. I've been removing people like 
gangbusters. I've I've gone down from almost 5,000 people to coming up to only a thousand. And while doing that, I've spent time going through looking at how was I connected to these people. Most of them I wasn't connected to at all, but some of them I was connected to through a message. At one point in the last six or eight years, um, they may have reached out looking for help. And mm-hmm. most of the time, frankly, I, I responded to them and offered the help, and then they never even recontacted. And it's kind of sad to think that there's people out there willing to help out their fellow man, and it's so hard to find people that are willing to engage and take that help. Um, I don't know how to overcome that, but it's inspiring to see that Irma, who is free as a bird now, she can do anything she wants, uh, but she remembered us and she saw the value in us and she actually wants to help us not only by coming on the show and telling us her story, but she wants to engage in helping us raise some money. And I thought that that was kind of a, a powerful bit from a, from a person that I find inspirational myself. Oh, yes. She she always inspired me. I When I first wrote her, she had told me that she hadn't even gotten letters for quite a few years from family because she'd been in so long. And so I know that by opening up her chances and her opportunities to to get free and that now she feels such a um a joy in life she's gotten to meet her grandchildren she's gotten to renew her her relationship with her children and we all had a part in that and that's what the beauty of our organization is and there's so many times that we have success and people go on and we don't hear from them, but yet when we do, it's the special kind of people. She reminds me a lot of Craig's personality, that even though in the worst of situations she had gratitude, and that is is so important in life. No, it's true, and it's also pretty rare. We live in a world now that's become, I don't know, very – very um, demanding, very, um, I don't know, people, there's very little gratitude in the world anymore, it seems. And people are quick to attack and they're quick to complain and they're certainly quick to whine, but very seldom are they quick to be grateful. And uh, it's a good thing that we don't do things specifically for the gratitude. We do it to make the world better. And we do it because... We've seen it. We've been it. We have helped people. We realize that the true value of all of this is helping your fellow man. And it's funny because I tell people once they've gotten the secret, the secret of what this is all about, they 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 come and they they usually take me aside and say, "Hey, you know what I discovered?" And I say, "What?" And they say, "Well, you know what? The blessing really is all mine. I've helped these people, and I feel good all the time." And I sleep good, and I just know that I made the world better. I go, yeah, that's 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 the real secret behind it all. We we all that all of us that are part of the solution are actually the winners in this because we have that um, uh, unlimited intangible benefits, as as I've called it in the past, when we try to advertise for volunteers. That's what we offer: unlimited intangible rewards. 
Well, Kathy, that's well, uh, it's great to hear from you. Would you pull me up when Craig's on so I can wish him a happy birthday, Joe? I sure will. He's uh, he's due to call here in the next ten minutes or so. I will absolutely okay, do I'll that. Be Thank All you right, so beautiful. Much. That's amazing, Kathy Z, and um, we're going to continue on. So let's see, what do we got else going on here? Um, I'm a little off base for some reason. I had all kinds of good ideas to talk about, and I've gotten, uh, oh, I know. We're going to talk about the coalition. Hopefully Bobby Rodrigo is going to call in. He's actually um, in Houston right now helping out with the hurricane victims, and he went down there with Quabano and some of the other folks that we connected with um, made a coalition with out in Atlanta, and they're out um, handing out food, and I'm not sure. Hopefully Bobby will call in and, and give us an update about what's going on. One of the things that the Human Solution did this last, um, the last election, last September, as it may be, we decided to open up our mission a little bit, and we opened it up to uh, veterans and disabled folks. Well, as we talked about a little bit last week, um, when something, a natural disaster or something major actually happens, um, whether it was created by the government or whether it actually happened or whether it's a, a hurricane or a flood or a fire or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. Somehow uh, the stark reality of what's important and what's not hits us. And there's no more talk about the drug bust or the, the mom that was had her kids taken away because they found a pot plant growing in her backyard. Uh, there's no talk about the illegal grow that was happening down the street. There's no talk about... Um, any of this stuff. There's not even a talk about the, the sale of cannabis. Um, it becomes important. It becomes, you know, life and, and, and property and um, our, our quality of life. You know, imagine being in a place where there was no running water, where there was no sewerage except for all around you. I couldn't even imagine that. And my heart goes out deeply to those people that are going through it and almost – more because Florida gets hit and a lot of the attention is going to go off of Houston. Um, at least there's a lot of outpouring of, of compassion and, and the generosity of Americans is unparalleled, uh, as we've demonstrated throughout history, and we probably don't need our government for this. But um, what happens is, is it becomes too many things to deal with, and the thing that is happening now becomes the most important. So. Um, the battle in Houston and, and in Texas is going to be raging on for years, and it's a real battle. It's a battle for quality of life, a battle for water, battle for food. Imagine 100,000 houses soaked in water, destroyed. They're going to have to be knocked down. Cars, animals, the, the, the bodies haven't even begun to be found. Um, there's so much hardship that's yet to happen in that area. Um, I hope to God that the law enforcement and the, the elected officials, the public servants, focus on their task and, and stay focused on, on raising up these good people and even the crappy people. But nobody deserves um, to have their life torn apart from them. And I know the world's not fair. Nobody said it was. But 
I have compassion for anybody who's gone through something that they didn't call upon themselves. Um, so Bobby is going to be out there, or he's out there right now already, and I think it's interesting because he is putting together a program um, that the Human Solution is going to be able to participate in in some way, and I'm waiting to talk to him about that. But um, we're having our board meeting coming up in about three weeks or so uh, when I come back from Canada, and um, I've mentioned this before, we're opening it up to uh, leadership and people that wish to be leaders or, or making it open by appointment um, any member in good standing that wants to be a part of our board meeting that's going to affect policy for the next year the budget for the next year, the plans um, growth, everything um, we, will, we welcome you and so if you're interested in participating, get a hold of me I'm very reachable and um, we'll give you the access to that, so Again, looking forward to hearing from Bobby Rodrigo. He's a, a member of the Human Solution. He's an advisory board member of the Human Solution, and he's also a member of the Coffee Party, which we are uh, direct partners with. So we're going to talk about this coalition a little bit. My guess is Craig is going to probably call in here um, before I'm finished yapping about this, but... The coalition began, well, hell, the coalition actually began back in Kansas when I connected with uh, Jennifer Wynn and her family and so many people in Kansas. And direct me when I get off the phone with Craig and we'll pick up where we left off. Here we go, live from Terre Haute, Indiana. We have Craig Cecil. Hello, Craig. How are you doing today? Hello, Michelle. Well, it's getting darker earlier in uh, Indiana, so. Can you hear? It's pretty dark and all the lights are on outside. Oh, wow. Well, you're, what, two hours ahead of us right now? Ah, uh, three hours. Three hours. 8.30. Okay, got it. Well, it'll be dark here at 8.32, so I guess that's fair. You're... You're north of us too, so your uh, your days get shorter than ours do. Even even in the shortest day, you're you have few hour fewer hours. Yeah, we have shorter years in terms of daylight, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I uh, understand you have a a birthday coming up. Well, I I was hoping to give up on those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um. Uh, Kathy Z was wanting to say a little something to you, so I'm gonna. I just happened to have her sitting next to me. Uh, Kathy, you are you're here with Craig and myself. Happy birthday, Craig! I'm so glad that I get to talk to you. Champ had it on Facebook, so I got a I got a message. A little garbled, but I do hear so. <laughs> well, she she was saying that uh, she's just glad she was able to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. So how uh, how, uh, how old does this make you? How often what? How old does this make you this year? 
Yeah, a lot more happy people when you let the pot flow. It's amazing how that happens. <laughs> but I mean, tourism in uh, Colorado soared after, you know, after they freed up the recreational marijuana. So, I mean, it, it is a benefit on several different fronts. And I'm still at a loss to find where's the victims, where's the evil. Well, I've sat in a lot of courtrooms. And I've seen a lot of um, sentencings, and I have never yet heard a judge, when they do a sentencing and they call out a, a place for the victim and the victim's family to speak on behalf of the person being sentenced, I have never one time in all the courtrooms I've sat, in all the state and federal cases I've sat in, I've never once had a victim or a victim's family step up and speak. And that does happen in other cases where family members speak up on, the, on behalf of their family member that OD'd or did a homicide. Well, you know, we just don't have that in the marijuana arena. You know, one time we um, we went to a, a a hearing that was for a uh, a pot case, and sometimes you go into a courtroom. And you're not the only thing on calendar. And so um, the, this defendant that we were supporting, they were, I don't know, third or fourth on the docket. It was just a, a procedural hearing. And the very first case that came up was a sentencing hearing. And it was a horrible case. It was a case where a, a guy had raped, I think it was a family member, or it was he had raped somebody, and, and it was a brutal, it was a brutal case. And um, they went through and at this sentencing hearing as the, the victim and the victim's family all got up and spoke. And it was, it was powerful. It was, it was what you would expect the impact of, of something like that. And they literally recounted, you know, the horrors of this event and, and really spelled out the effect that it had not only on the person, the person's children, the family, the the you know the, the the fracturing that happened of the family as a result, and it was just really a a horror story. But then you juxtapose that to the next case, which was a pot case, and I just you know it made it even that much more ridiculous. And you know people say, well, you're a civil rights group. Why are you just talking about pot? Well, we're not. We're talking about our human rights and our inalienable civil rights. That's that's what this is actually about. The pot is the ridiculousness about it. And it just doesn't figure look around here. The mandatory minimum for for me and for most uh, uh pot convictions is a ten year twenty year or a life mandatory minimum. For me it was ten years because I didn't have any prior convictions. But uh, it's a ten year mandatory minimum for huge of a gun during a, a violent crime. Now, this is discharging the gun, just possessing the gun in a five-year mandatory. And how can you compare using gun on somebody to distributing marijuana? They have the same mandatory minimum. I know. It, it, it's a travesty, and people still don't get it. You know, Craig, when, when we're out there doing outreach, um, and talking to people, especially here in California, people just really don't get it. They go, oh, it's legal. 
you know, you don't have to worry about this. You're already good. You did it all. And I, and I, when I tell people, you know, my wife is really big about it. She'll tell people, you know, there, there's people in prison right now for life. Right now, we know them. They're, they're, they're people we're connected to. And, and she gets, you know, upset. And the people just don't understand. You know, they look at you like, huh? How could that be? And they just, they just really, it, it's such a disconnect. And, you know, the same, these are probably the same people that can tell you what the celebrity du jour was wearing yesterday or, or who's doing what with whom or whatever the most popular frivolous gets it is. You know, it, it, it's, it's really frustrating to see the priorities of, of, of America and the world, for God's sake. And I just, you know, we're building on this, though. Go ahead. submission we we don't we're not wired that way we're we're you know 
if a punishment has got a shock factor and and it keeps dangerous people away from the rest of us, hey, there's a value to it. But beyond that, the whole notion of getting into the system and, and this sort of ongoing punishment, either by process or by fines or by imprisonment or, or, or losing property, all it does is, is, is drag us down to the point where we're finally going to rise up and fight back. There's your first beat, Craig, so I'm going to turn it over to you and give you the rest of it. But thank you. The, the whole uh, power of the government is to be able to put people like me behind all these guard towers and all that where nobody can see me and nobody can hear me and nobody can hear You know, there's so many of us that are in here for punishments that just don't fit the crimes at all. So I, I thank you and thank everybody that's out there screaming, saying, you know, hey, look who's behind the razor wire. Look who's behind the, the guard towers. You know, look at what our justice system is actually doing out of the sight of everybody. But thank you. You guys are bringing about the possibility for change because the first thing we need for change is for people to know what's actually happening. Well, we're bringing about more than the possibility. We're, we're going to make it happen. We are making it happen. There he goes. Well, folks, again, that's Craig Cecil. And um, if you don't know or you haven't been following the show for very long, Craig's been calling the show kind of from the very early days. Um, and he got transferred from one place to another, but now he's in Terre Haute, Indiana, um, a really horrible place. It's a prison that was built, you know, almost 100 years ago, and it's falling apart, and it's uh, he's got a life sentence, so he doesn't have a chance at being in a camp or in any place that's, you know, light security. Um, they treat him like the worst of the worst. And until um, and, and unless we do something about it, he's going to die in that place. And it's not okay with me. Hopefully it's not okay with you too. Um, so when I when I left off before Craig called in, we started talking about the coalition and it was funny, I, I see Jennifer Wynn popped on the line, um, and I'm going to bring her up next. But I want to talk a minute about the coalition, because when I was in Kansas a couple of years back, um, helping a family uh, rally support for one of their own, and we brought the community together, and people came from all around because there was a wrong that had been done. There was a wrong that was being done. And Jennifer was a or still is, but when I met her, I saw somebody who was the perfect storm of, of somebody that that we could bring everything we learned to. She she was motivated, well-researched, um, driven to get done what needed to be done, spoke well, wasn't afraid or shy or timid, and um, we worked well together. And after spending a week with them, uh, we talked about, you know, we need to – make a coalition, we need to join forces, we need to bring people from all over the world um, to gather together to, to be a, a force to be reckoned with, to speak as one voice, to get this done, to end this prohibition finally once and for all. And we began this campaign, it was an um, electronic campaign though, you know, we used Facebook and conference calls and we created an organization called the UCCA and um, it still exists. And a lot of people and a lot of groups had pledged their support towards ending worldwide prohibition. 
but long distance relationships are hard to hold up and and the conference calls were hard to keep going and um we created a website and we have the ability to keep this moving but i never lost the 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 fight for building a coalition and when i went to colorado um a month or two ago i met some amazing activists and then when i went to georgia a few weeks back i met some more activists in a in a broader civil rights uh progressive sort of 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 atmosphere and we were talking about farmers and we were talking about you know in in Atlanta Georgia the heart of the civil rights movement where there's you know still heavy oppression going on and and we have people in Oklahoma and Kansas and Missouri and some of these just really oppressed places and and we all came together and we agreed again and 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 continue to agree that that we need to uh unite with purpose and so we began a plan and we're going to continue this plan i think the key right now though is is you know the cannabis community is the most fractured dysfunctional egotistical problematic uh uh movement i've ever seen but out in atlanta i was able to meet other civil rights people and they got the same damn problems and it turns out it's just a humanity problem people suck generally and people are full of themselves and they want to do their own thing and it's hard to stand united because people feel like it reduces their footprint somehow but i'm here to tell you we stand stronger together no matter what we do no matter what we're about find a way to tie it together if it's for good it'll show itself and there's so many ways that we can so um Let's go ahead and bring up Jennifer and we will continue on. Hopefully uh, Michelle Button will be calling in and Becca hopefully you can um coax her to give a call. I want to hear what she has to say here. All right, Jennifer, welcome to the show. It has been a while. How are you doing, my friend? I am still fighting. That's what I do. I'm still fighting. I know. I, I had no doubt uh, of that. <laughs> yeah, I I keep going. Um and, and I still agree. You know, if if everyone would come together, um, this would be over. It's real simple. It, it would be over. Ago. Yes, but the problem is, you're right. Everybody's afraid that the other one is going to be somehow belittled or smaller or don't get the fame or don't get the full. You know what I mean? It, it just it's it becomes this almost like a competition. It seems because I I almost, the same thing. And, very much a competition it's become a a a, it's become a a reality show you know it's one of these ridiculous where where it's almost the the headlines and the 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 likes and the whatever is so much more important than the actual outcome why don't we go after a purpose a solid goal Oh, that's a good question because we can't seem to get along with internally, you know what I mean, internally, and it's sad. It's sad to me, and I have dealt with it from every angle possible, and I expected some of that getting involved in politics, but not to the level that I see of the, the, of the activists, you know, and it sucks. It sucks. Um, I've had to be on the receiving end multiple times, and, of course, I will defend myself, and I'll continue to do so. But the reality is, is you're right. It's everywhere. It's not just focused on Kansas or California. It's everywhere. And it's because we're all different. But what we can't seem to, and, and this, is, this is something I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at, it's putting aside whether I like you or not. 
If I walk into a legislative <laughs> session, you know what I mean, and I walk in and you're sitting there, I'm going to smile and I'm going to take my seat because we're after the same thing. Right. I, I don't have time to spend my energy dealing with all the drama when, when we're missing the real opportunity to change things. So we're not here to yeah. like each other. We're not here to be friends. I don't care what you had for dinner yesterday. The bottom line is, we have a mission, and it's a human. It's, it's for humans. It's for the compassion of human life. And we have lost sight of that amongst the fighting of each other. So I still, I still fight, and I just try my best to shut up, and I don't want to keep dragging people down that are advocating for the same damn thing. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? When it comes to my morals or or you know, questions like, well, she stole this or she, I'm going to defend myself if it continues to a level that I have to, but I don't want to. So, and, and that's where if we would stop, just stop and think about what our next step needs to be and understand that whether we like each other or not, if we stand together on this human right, then we change everything. It's real simple. I mean, look at the hundreds of thousands of people that came out over women's rights or over, over forgot, you know, the bathrooms. Oh, my gosh. I mean, thousands. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and if we could put half as much energy into making sure people who aren't sure of themselves that they have their own bathroom as to – um, given, I don't know, the, the population of the world, that their basic human rights, I don't know. Yes. Maybe we have a few less bathrooms, but a whole lot more of human rights. We do. I mean, and it's, it's no different, Joe. Everybody has their passion, and I get that. And, and my passion is absolutely ending prohibi- prohibition in, in its entirety. But the re- for me, you know, some of my passion shifted to the children who are being victimized, whether they're smoking pot, whether they're not, whether there's false allegations anonymously so, so much for the constitutional right to face your accuser because that don't exist. That is probably, out of all the corruption I've witnessed, that's probably the worst. And, and it's worse because it's our children. They're defenseless. They didn't have a choice. You know what I mean? Where we all choose to break the law, whether we're breaking the law because it's wrong or we break the law because we're speeding down and we're late for a meeting. We choose that. We're adults. And, and I want to stop any lives from being destroyed. But for me, I've had to focus the attention more on the victims that are left over from prohibition, which is another tier, as I call it. You know what I mean? And nobody's there either. And, and I'm looking at all these people going, this, this is our kids. Do you understand they're doping them with pharmaceuticals to the point that they'll be ruined for life? Do you get that? Do you understand they're being molested? You know, I, I mean, the numbers are, st- are astronomical, Joe, and I could go into that, as we know, um, with great passion because my heart breaks for the innocent who's defenseless. So, but the prohibition is even destroying them to that magnitude, and not to mention our elderly. So it, it's so sickening when I see massive people coming together. And I got into it with a, a guy that was pro-life and um, didn't want people to have pro-choice and I came right at him. Don't talk to me about pro-life. You want to talk to me about pro-life? You protect the kids that are unborn. What about the ones that are living? What about them? 
What about the children you're taking and never given a college education to because they had a joint? What about them? You want to talk about kids falling through the cracks? You're forcing them through the crack. And, and well, that's and, part and, and of that's it. Thing. Has... That's what this is all about. And, and part of the coalition's uh, idea, we've, we've, we've reinforced this coalition, and we sat down in, um, in uh, Georgia, and we had a, about a four- or five-hour meeting, and we, we framed out a, a basic outline of, of a plan of attack. And a big part of it was our messaging. You know as well as I do that, you know, prohibition only exists because of the lies and of the, the policies that yes. are based on those lies people's ignorance and, and unwillingness to understand the truth. And if we can get our messaging out broadly and with voices that people will listen to and um, in a way that people will hear and, and pay attention to, I think that's really the, the key to it all. It, I think enough people will go, what the hell, if, they just, yes. if we can just get that message to them. And I think but that that's a big part of what we're doing. It, it is. Out. Do you understand? Uh, and none of us, that's the it, problem. We are, well, I mean, <laughs> social media is great, but to the magnitude that they really drive things home, look at look at your big spenders um, and look at what we buy versus nope. that. We need it, some, you know, mass mailers. We need, we need television we time. We need to get that message out there. We're, we're talking about that. We're talking about how to make it happen, and that's one of the values of a coalition is you have all kinds of different groups. You've got 501c3s that can raise money, and you've got 501c4s that can go out and, and lobby and, and, and draft legislation, and you've got other types of, of church groups and, and, and uh, personal groups, family groups, doctors groups, patients groups, all different kinds of groups with their strengths. And I think that, you know, you and I talked about that over two years ago, the importance of this, and I, and I never let up on it. I never gave up, and, I, and I'm, I'm still pounding away. And we're gonna we're we're building this. It's it's being forged right now. I know, and and I think it will continue. And I think you're right. Inevitably, we will win. We will. It's just a well, matter Jennifer, of what getting I'd like there. And do, I'd like to schedule you to come on for a for a more in depth interview because you have a perspective that is very focused, and you've spent the last two years um, championing the, the the cause of the. Uh, children and, and, and parents that have been victimized by prohibition. And, um, you know, we have had a number of cases throughout the years that have been impacted by that, but it's never been our specific focus. And I'd like to really do an in-depth interview about this, your experiences, and, and um, you know, people just don't realize the power that CPS or DCFS or whatever they're called in your state the, the Correct. child protective services, the power that they have, it's 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 like it's the incredible. same power of a judge. It, it, yes, and they're almost unfettered, and and yes, and the uh, conflict of interest is powerful and 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 heinous. And and if people understood, you know, what drives these organ these groups to do what they do, um, I think we might think differently about it, and maybe we can raise up a few people to stand up with us. Um, I'd like to schedule you maybe in like three weeks to to come in and let's talk about that. I'd also still like to talk. We never did get that jury foreman. It's we're, we're just coming through jury rights week again, and I'd really love to talk about you know the, the jury foreman that that you know basically incited the nullification of your son. Yes, 
Yes, I would love to. I would be happy to. Um, All right, and, perfect. And I'll get with you as soon as I get to Washington, D.C. I'm headed to Washington, D.C. on the 18th and 19th. Um, I will okay. be there for the million. It's the Million Parent March, which is um, okay. targeting victims of DCF and CPS. There, you know, it's multiple names wherever you go, but it's all right. it's all basically the um, removal of children. And you would be shocked at the number removed over cannabis. You'd be shocked. Well, get me information so, about the event and put it up on our calendar and make sure that people know about it. And um, okay. you know, as always, we. We support these, uh, you know, anything that has to do with ending prohibition anywhere in the world, we're, we're very supportive of. So um, always a pleasure well, you, to talk to you. I've got a bunch of things come brewing right now, and I know that the show gets away from me. So I will. Yep. Uh, I look very much forward to talking to you soon. And uh, let's yep, talk and before be the touch. show, though. For sure. Beautiful. Okay, Thank you so much. Good, Joe. All right. uh-huh. Folks, Jennifer wins out of... Jennifer Wynn out of Kansas, and uh, I spent a week with this woman and her family, and um, very seldom have I worked with such a committed um, individual and group of people. The, the, the Kansas folks um, were and are amazing, and it was, um, it was powerful to work with people that were willing to do what it took to get it done, and, and it was their courage and willingness um, that, that we got the outcome. Tyler Carriker's not in prison, and he was not convicted of felony murder um, because of a drug deal gone bad, uh, because of pot, frankly, because of pot. Um, so, anyways, let's move on. I've got Bobby Rodrigo on the line right now, and Bobby um, and I have been working closely together for the last couple of years. Actually, I met Bobby through um, the Kyler trial, so... Bobby, welcome to the show. I understand you're out there uh, on the front lines right now. I am. I'm. Uh, I am in Houston. Uh, nice to nice to be on the show. Nice to hear Jennifer. You know, I was sitting here thinking about there's so many things that you guys are talking about that are so important, and I'm involved in a in a child custody a DCF case in Massachusetts, a brutal one, and cannabis is not even involved. So when you guys were talking about the expansive power of DCF and when when Jennifer was explaining what DCF has been doing, I can even take it another level uh, without even cannabis being involved, how they are playing. Massachusetts is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And considering what Jennifer and uh, and her allies have exposed in Kansas, that's saying something. Uh, Considering what what, uh, our allies in Alabama exposed recently, that is saying something. So Kristen Paquette, who uh, I met years ago, she's an editor for the Fifth Column News. And and for those that know this, I write for the Fifth Column News. Um, Justin King, the editor, had suggested that she talk to me about this situation that she was in. And she is at war with the state of Massachusetts in a level that, I mean, there's just no way that Massachusetts has any business keeping. They have two of her children. They actually uh, came and took her youngest out of the hospital after the youngest was born. They have no grounds to keep them. They did have the grounds to look into something at the beginning of this because she was charged with like an endangerment charge because they said that her house wasn't safe enough for the child. That's what this case is about. She doesn't even use any cannabis or any drugs of any kind or doesn't even have an alcohol problem, doesn't have anything that went on. And, and she had a lawyer actually tell her that she was required to give up her parental rights 
because she had been she was convicted of this ridiculous case and given probation. This is how bad DCF operates, and they did it in concert. And I have been involved in this case, this specific case, for over two years. As a matter of fact, I'm glad we're talking about this, so I let her know because we're actually uh, on the 18th of uh, this month at the cannabis at the great cannabis uh, Liberty Forum in Boston, where I will be with Dan Johnson and Sharon Raver. Uh, and other people in the movement, Diane Fornbacher, will all be up there. I'm going to meet with her lawyer, who I helped her find a lawyer in the first place, and because I'm, I'm fixing to get up in DCS's ass in Massachusetts, the way Jennifer does everywhere I've ever seen her do it. We are not playing, and 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 I commend everybody that does this in the West Coast. You know, I do this. I work in this. I work in this field um, on the Family Law Committee, among others, in ABA. So I just wanted to give a shout out and, and let everybody know this is a serious thing. And the Human Solution, uh, which is such a wonderful name of something, um, is, is all about all the human rights in the world. And, and uh, you guys did that. But, yes, Joe and I met during the Kyla Character trial, same time I met Jennifer Wynn. It really wasn't a drug deal gone bad. It was a ripoff. It was never going to be a drug deal. I mean, let's be clear about this. Prohibition was a robber. caused this. The, it was a robbery. These guys came to rob these people, and Kyler was shot, and another person was killed by these guys, and and they charged Kyler with felony murder uh, because he he facilitated the the marijuana deal, uh, and and then got shot. And of course, this is a recorded pound of weed. A pound of weed. I mean, it, it it was you know. So I mean, so it's while while. We we don't want to downplay how that that point because it, it, the prohibition is what caused it. There's no question if it wasn't illegal, the all exactly. would have wouldn't have happened at that level. It, it's just amazing how the tentacles reach out, and you know, and thankfully, uh, as you mentioned, uh, and, and and I have to tell you, I, now I'm going to echo this too because again, you mentioned how well and committed Jennifer was, well, and it was you as well. I mean, this is when we met. Everybody knows I wrote about the I wrote about that case a number of times. Miko Hayes wrote about the case. Uh, independent media it got plenty of play. Uh, Mint Press News covered it. Anti Media picked it up. I, I wrote mine for the Fifth Column News, and we were passing it around. So a lot of people got to see it, you know. And, it and a, the Human Solution I, was a very instrumental. I'm bring up very a point real quick about that because mm-hmm. the yeah. the success of this campaign and the success of every successful campaign we've done always comes from more than just one uh, element of it. You know, it wasn't just a yep. A, a willing to stand up, or an advocate, or a yep. or a group willing to yep. unite people, or or a, a press guy, mm-hmm. or a writer. It's it's when enough of them get together, and and it creates sort of this this its own weather. It creates its own firestorm, and and you know the combination of all the things that were done brought about the right amount of support in the right way that got mm-hmm. us the, the 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 desired results. And I and I don't want to lessen think... the impact of any of these. I think I think they call that the human solution. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, sure. I, I have to tell you, I'm I'm here in Houston on the front lines. I'm with Coach and I'm with Quabinan and Cromo. I'm with Battlecry Ministries. I'm with the Cajun Navy. Uh of course I'm here we do better. Um it's a perfect storm uh, as far as people showing up to help. I'm sitting in the middle Wonderful. of essentially what is a. I'm sitting. I'm sitting at a a, a a ministry that has nothing but donated stuff to go out to the community. We brought a refrigerator truck. We bought a cooker that can 
cooked 2,000 pounds of meat a day. We brought supplies. Right. I've been working dispatch. I've been working dispatch for the Cajun Navy and for the medical teams for right. what, five, six days. We already have. We are. I, I, we've already set up um, warehouses for the storm in Florida together, and we got people mobilizing down there already. I'm, we're all meeting. Uh, uh, we're all going to a church tomorrow at 10:30. That's working as a shelter. We're going to go there and set up how we can feed these people, what day they want to do it. Set to bring, drive the cooker up to the side of the the shelter, turn it on, put the meat, and give them give them give them uh, 2,000 pounds of meat after cooking for a full day, and they'll have they'll have meat for the week. And, you know, all of that's going on, and all of these organizations and all these people are coming together because we do better. It's so true. I, I'm so proud of you guys. I, I you know, it, I every time, and, and I, it breaks my heart that it takes something like a natural disaster to bring out the uh-huh. best in people. But, you know, uh-huh. when I think about America in America, I always think about these times when we come together as a nation, as, as humanity, and we forget about bullshit. And we say, whoa, let's just do what's right for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the, the outpouring of support and uh, of time, treasure, and, and, and talent, is it, 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 it warms my heart. It brings me to tears sometimes. And I, I'm just so grateful that you guys are able to, to get out there and do this. And, and you know, um, I, I'm looking for some direction as to how we can use our resources to, to be helpful. Yeah, and that's excellent. So, you know, so what we're going to do is, and actually I'm supposed to be here. I've been working on this for, for well, since it started. And like I said, I've been working dispatch. And I mean hard. We had, to give you an example how successful the, the private world has been, how, how people, the neighbors have been. Like yesterday we had delivered, uh, when I say we, I mean uh, Cajun Navy uh, people, medical people inside working Cajun Navy medical, myself, the, the, just a bunch of different people had $20,000 with the tetanus shots delivered to the clinic in Beaumont, Texas, for example. Uh, that wow. was There's a pharmacy over in Port Arthur. He's got four of them. He's been donating stuff since Friday. Uh, he's been meeting people uh, out, out, you know, just in the neighborhoods and giving them, you know, here, syringes. The challenges were medically, the, the initial challenges were uh, dialysis. We had to get people to dialysis. Uh, insulin, and then of course the rescuing, obviously. Uh, the insulin was something that was really important. Uh, blood pressure medicine. People were running out of prescriptions, so we had to do prescription runs for them. We had to get doctors with the DEA numbers were calling, and they were, and, and the businesses were quiet, were cooperating. Cisco, which is essentially the, the biggest, richest company in the world, Cisco Foods, uh, they passed Exxon a couple of years ago. Um, they, everything that they sent out, and they told me this personally. Everything that they sent out to anybody, any of the restaurants in the city of Houston while this was going on, did not get an invoice. Not one of them. That's amazing. When a, so they just when a, when a basically donated it. their food for the. They what donated was going their food. That, yeah, yeah, and, and wow. they're still doing it. I, I, I have to give wow. you a proposal you know, funny, for a donation. Beg the hell out of the big corporations and their. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you know, the demon of, of everything. But imagine the mm-hmm. power when one decides to do something good. You know, uh, and there it is. They, they, the, the guy told me, the salesman told me, uh, Tony, right here, uh, who I know, he's been a salesman here for 20 years. Uh, he said that they were out of paper products, for example, at the warehouse in Houston. And the Houston, here's another thing about that. The Houston corporate office was underwater. 
that nobody could work. Wow. So not only are they, I mean, so think of, the, think of that for a minute. You've got this big corporation, and they, and they just like, you know, and they didn't blink. They didn't blink. They, and they ran out of stuff. And, of course, they, they're so big, they, all these shipments, they just ship stuff back down here, of course. And the city is up right. and running. I mean, for, you know, a good portion of the city is up and running. And they, then another portion of the city is. They didn't lose power in you know, a lot of places. That the power, power was able to remain on for the most part. Um, yeah, that's true. This. Except for, except for, well, except for, right, but except for, I mean, I mean, let's not, I mean, let's, I mean, let's balance the, uh, I, I focus on the positive, but we're pulling dead bodies out of the water. You know, for the past two yeah. days, uh, there's, there's been, uh, you know, uh, speaking of the government, I mean, this is an example. And, and, and I'm telling you this because it happened live to me. I'm on dispatch doing this. So this is not like a conspiracy theory. This is not, um, me getting it from this person, from that person. If anybody wants to see what's going on out here and with Irma, you download the Zello Walkie Talkie app on your phone. Doesn't matter if it's Android or iPhone. You find me, my handle is Bobby Liberty, and you follow me in the channel. I'm in. I'm dispatching for Irma already, and we're dispatching still for for the Cajun Navy and and other aspects here. And and you don't have to listen to me. You can just listen to the channels of what's going on. Um, <clears throat> but they chased the Cajun Navy out of Port Arthur. Two days later, wow. two and a half days later, the coast. Two days, two and a half days later, the Coast Guard called them back, asked them to come back yeah, because they had to, to help them back. do a water. Well, no. What happened was that they had to do they had to do waterborne recovery. There were dead bodies in the water. Right. So they gave they they gave baby. And you got you don't go in the water to recover dead bodies without hazmat suits. I mean, you just don't do that. Oh yeah. Now Texas is. No, right, you don't want to go in that water at all. It's bad. Well, right. Well, the first part, the first problem with the water was that Texas is a septic state, a septic tanks everywhere. Right. So people were getting septic poison, septic, to, you know, toxic poison, uh, you know, yeah, on their yeah. skin because they were going in there unprotected. But right. waterborne recovery, that doesn't matter. If you have a bunch of bodies like in a river, or something, I mean, that, that's serious stuff. They have confirmed yes. hep A here. They have confirmed hep B here. There, there are, there, I mean, there's a lot going on. And, 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 of course, FEMA is only helping the people who have insurance, which means the poor people in the community are being dogged. So that's all being handled by by uh, volunteers, but the, but the, but losing the people like that, especially you have to believe some of them would have, at least some of them would have been saved if they would have left the cage and they even do what they were doing because they weren't covering it. They, they didn't have they just didn't have the manpower in there yet. They didn't cover it, and it wasn't like anybody was complaining. Oh my God, you're not covering it. They, nobody was nobody gave a shit. They were going. All right. they cared about was saving everybody. We 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 weren't on right. we weren't on this dispatcher going. Oh my God, where's the fucking coast guard? We didn't give a shit where the Coast Guard uh, was. We cared about where the neighbors were. And they exactly. chased them out of there. They chased wow. them out of there. So, uh, so, there's, okay. you know, so there's, there's so many sides. Yeah, there's so many sides. They, they, pulled out, they, pulled, they pulled 83 bodies out of an, uh, Rose City as well. Um, wow. You know, so it's, uh, yeah. So, so, I, you know, so there's a balance to that. But still, thousands and thousands and thousands of people are alive uh, because of the efforts of so many in the community. And thousands of Absolutely. people are getting well because of yep. that. Um, the, yeah. the, the, the gentleman here oh. at the Battle Cry Ministries, you got to hear this. This is his name is Homer Allison, his wife Robin, his family here at Battle Cry Ministries. They are, they, I mean, they have different things going on. They have, there's, a, there's a tent city, essentially, here in Houston where they don't have houses. And, and they, they've got so many supplies. They were telling me earlier that they, they, turned, they turned away the stuff that they were going to bring there because they ha- they, they've been keeping them so full of stuff. That doesn't even, and, they, and they're not necessarily victims of. But this is that's just poor community doing it. We're, the community we're going to tomorrow, the shelter we're going to tomorrow, is just an area that's not serviced by the government. 
you know, and so the so the community comes together and they, and they take care of each other. I mean, and and yet, as you know, everybody, another issue of our world is that our tax dollars go and they don't take care of the people with our tax dollars like they say they're supposed to. You know, I and mean, why would FEMA tell somebody who's poor that they won't they won't uh, uh, take care of the house that's that's been flooded, that's going to have mold, that's going to put somebody in the hospital or kill them? Why would FEMA say because they don't have insurance when they just got $7.9 billion today to do stuff. Why would they tell people that, that they're that's not in compliance? It's, it's moronic. It's open. Yeah. It's billions yeah. to do this. I yeah, mean, there's, there's no, exactly. You know, the, exactly. Oh, God. Well, yeah, and, and, and again, that's I mean, why, we, I mean, if you think, I mean, think of the overall. amount of money that's collected. Yeah, I mean, think of, the, think of the amount of money that's collected. So, you know, so it's a roller coaster ride for me being involved in this. And, and I, I, I put, if anybody gets a chance, go look at the We Do Better um, I know you saw it earlier. Go look at the We Do Better page and uh, look at the video that I put up uh, from Orange today. Uh, this uh, musician, Jared Thomas, and his group came out there. They had enough food to feed 300. They fed 5,000 already from donations. And they just stayed, they just stayed there uh, and kept cooking. And, and other donations well, are coming in. This is got got a place called the Market Basket. Yeah. So it's good stuff, man. So, you know, so Bobby, and, and, uh, you were telling yeah. me, well, I, I want to, you know, uh, give my best to Quabano and Coach. I, I know both of yep. them now. Um, the others, mm-hmm. obviously, give my best as well, but I, I know those two. But what yep. you were telling me before that you were putting together a way that people could help. Um, I mean, what my yes. goal in all of this is always to um, bring out the best in everybody, to raise people up. If somebody says hey, I want to go and help, I want to go out there or whatever, How? What? or or I want to donate something, food or, or money or resources or a truck or whatever the hell. Um, how, how do I, you know, I'm so leery of, of um, you know, predators and of, of scams. I should be leery I, of the Red Cross, too. <laughs> I'm leery of all of that. Once again, we've caught, I, I, yeah, because once again we caught them doing stuff, of course. You know, yeah. Well, so yeah. what do we, you know, how how can I direct people um, and their generosity and their their their, their goodness um, to help in a way that they know will actually help? Well, I can tell you that uh, uh, the Cajun Navy should be supported. I'm putting together a fundraiser for all the groups out here: Battle Cry Ministry, the Cajun Navy, We Do Better, uh, We Do Better Rescue. Um, uh, there's uh, the Mobile Medic International, who I'm actually getting ready to go over and talk to in their their base of operations. That I'm actually they I was they actually invited me to stay there, but I had this one, so I I'm, I'm going to drive over and sit down with them. Like for example, they went into a community today or yesterday, uh, a, a whole city people, and they basically medically cleared everybody in the neighborhood or dealt with the stuff that they had to, and, and self sufficient, 20 of them. We're talking 15 medical professionals and five support personnel, and actually 23 because they had uh, three oath keepers there doing security that I arranged for them uh, through Michelle Ukulele. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, Greg McWord is there. Even Stuart Rose is running around as much as I want to scream at his ass. Uh, but Greg McWord, <laughs> a marvelous man, deputy sheriff out of Montana, um, was down there. And, and uh, you know, at one time I used to tell everybody I was an oath keeper because I was proud of it. Stuart's lost his mind, but... That's another story, but uh, but they're here doing good work, so I have to point it out. It's as simple as that. So everybody's it, here doing good work. Uh, you got to say. Not, yeah, yeah it, it's uh, it, if you're if you're with us today, then you're with us, and that's you know. It, yeah, exactly. Day to day, from cause to cause, um, you know, there's problems and there's solutions, and it depends on where you're at. Uh, as 
where we're gonna what we're gonna do. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. It, it's it's been it's Bobby, been well, uh, it's been great. So. Information that I can share with everybody. We'll put together a press release once I get that, and we'll do Absolutely. what we can to raise this up. Um, once again, you guys are doing amazing work, and you know you're clearly part of the human solution. Right on, brother man. Everybody, stay good and uh, stay cool and keep your head up. I'll talk to you soon. We will talk soon. Once again, Bobby Rodrigo. Um, I, I can't begin to list his resume. Just an amazing guy doing amazing work. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead. We got Mark Pedersen, um, and this is yet another another story, another reason why I came up with the hashtag uh, legalization isn't enough. It's not enough. Colorado passed recreational medical several years ago, and um, you know everybody thinks, oh, woo, 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 we're good. No problems, no headaches, no hassles. Um, Mark Pedersen is a guy who I've gotten to know a little bit over the last several years, and uh, he's a guy that just does good work. He's helped people in many ways and in so many ways in a way that is more selfless than most. And I have been around a lot of people doing a lot of things over the years, and most of them are not as selfless as Mark. And yet Mark finds himself with a felony case in Colorado. Um, but we just had a hearing yesterday, I believe, and uh, um, there was an arraignment, and uh, I'd like to hear about what happened. Let's see. Without further ado, we got Mark Pedersen from Colorado Springs. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. I, uh, I, I'm sorry we missed you last week, but it was a combination of things. And um, I, it looked like from the post that I saw that you did have some support out there. Um, so tell us what happened. Well, um, the it was an arraignment. One of the good things that's happened with this is uh, this is not just me. It's also Ron Nyhouse, who was also in the home during this whole debacle uh, and is charged identically as I am. You know, we, we both have five felony charges against us uh, because of this. Um, this was an arraignment. And uh, in this, uh, we came into this expecting that they were going to be offering a plea and they did. And, uh, uh, but the, the plea was yet another, was a felony and of course, we we just were not in a position. We don't want to be accepting guilt for something when we don't feel any guilt. We felt we were doing the epitome of what the uh, medical cannabis program for the state of Colorado was all about. Uh, particularly with the fact that I that I work with specifically late stage four end of life type cases and all. And uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, uh, so basically, uh, what what has come from this though is uh, we will be actually having a meeting with the officers that were involved and the DA and uh, and my attorneys, and we're going to be talking about the extenuating circumstances of this overall case. And so that in itself, the fact that they're willing to talk, I think, is a, a huge step forward in this. The fact that they've offered a plea, I think, is a huge step forward. My stance in this has been, from the very beginning, is one of lack of education. Uh, you know, the fact is, is that uh, if they would have truly understood that I was a caregiver and that I was working within the law, 
then this whole thing would have gone a completely different direction. And so that's that's the position that we really have with with these officers and all is is that uh, they've already admitted in the discovery that they didn't know that I was a caregiver or even that I was a patient. So, uh, you know, there's a whole lot more to this that they didn't know and hadn't taken into consideration. So. Well, I, I have a lot of experience with these sorts of situations, and you're right. It's a huge sign that the prosecutor is even willing to talk to you outside of the court uh, proceedings because typically that's not the case. Um, so it seems very much that they want to resolve this, um, but they don't like to give up. They don't like to, you know, give give up the goat. Um, and by the time they spend energy on, on you know, filing charges on somebody, uh, they typically feel like they have a slam dunk. Um, but I know your case, and without divulging details, um, your case is a slam dunk. Uh, you know, I, I only wish my case was as clean as your case, even though my case was equally as ridiculous. Um, your case is so much simpler, and um, you know, I would have I would have knocked it out of the park without an attorney, the way I see things today. Um, Keeping the support around you, tell me about that. I saw you had a number of people with you. Um, tell me about what that's uh, what that's like. Well, we are just getting started as far as having support at the at at the hearings themselves, and uh, I believe I started talking about it probably about a week and a half, two weeks before the actual hearing, and um, basically, uh, I'm concerned about about the patients I work with. And I feel like if I just openly took and broadcast out, oh, please come come to my hearings, uh, you know, these are some very sick people, and I, I don't want to do that to them. And particularly this this last one, the arraignment was at 8 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that puts a kind of difficult the on people. We so. learn, one of the things that we learn and teach people is to conserve the resources of your support. Um, you know, uh, my case drug on for six years, and I wow. couldn't possibly expect people to come to every hearing. I had over 300 hearings, and so mm. I would wait until I knew there was likely to be something that happened. Unfortunately, they hauled me out of court a few times and locked me up when there was only a couple of people watching, mm. but there was always at least a couple people watching. So I never had to worry about what would happen if nobody was around because that was a scary prospect. Let's see. Well, but, but certainly, uh, you know, it, full of when, when to bring the people out. You know, I, I have all confidence that your case is likely not going to go to trial. It doesn't sound like they want that to happen. It's just a matter of of a chess game now, of you, you know, playing your cards and your confidence and your support in such a way that they realize they don't want to go there um, without it shoving it down their throat. You know, you give them a way out in whatever way that is that, that you know, doesn't, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Some people say, screw that, I'm going to sue the hell out of them. Um, when I was going to do that to the agency that came after me, I couldn't find an attorney to take the case. They said, stupid, I'm not going after these guys. They'll murder you. And I said, well, okay, if I could just find one attorney to bring on that civil suit, I would have done it. But not one would touch it because um, they didn't want to go no. up against Long Beach. 
So, I, I, you know, either way, though, the fact that they're they're demonstrating weakness at this stage of the game is beautiful, and I, I feel very strong for you um, that that you have the upper hand in this. Well, you know, I'm really hoping that one thing that can come from this case is the, is the, is the need for education for our lawmakers and for law enforcement. And I don't believe that either have gotten the kind of education, real understanding about what cannabis really truly is, about it really truly being food, first and foremost, and about its incredible healing nature. These are things they need they need to know these – how can they make any kind of judgment call, uh, whether it's a lawmaker in creating a law or if it's law enforcement making a judgment call when they come on a scene, like as they did with ours? How can they make a decision, any kind of a judgment call, if they don't truly understand what it is they're looking at? So. Well, the answer is simple. They can't. Absolutely. They can't. But they do anyways, as you well know. Well, um, yeah. you know, if it, it does come where you have a preliminary hearing and um, or or a, a, or a motion hearing where where some elements of substance are coming, um, I didn't notice any solidarity ribbons on any of your supporters, but I will gladly provide you what you need if people are willing to wear them. It makes a difference. Oh, ab- absolutely! Everyone will ha- will wear ones. Absolutely, from here on out, you can fully expect it. Um, well, it, it, yeah, it, it, I was surprised happens when the court sees you know when the court sees a bunch of people walking down the hall they don't know that they're all together when the court sees a bunch of people with ribbons walking down the hall they know that they're together and it just it's a it's a different thing it's a different dynamic oh absolutely and i tell you what i really appreciate that too i really appreciate those ribbons it does have a, a huge impact i believe too well we will and hopefully, what, what's your next court date? What's, what's, the next, uh, what's the next step here? The pretrial hearing uh, is the next one, and that will be on, I believe it's August 2nd. I will validate that date with you. And I believe it's at 1.30 August, in the next, afternoon next, this time. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, October. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. I meant to say October 2nd. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I've never <laughs> seen them put it off a year out. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know if my heart can take it, but yeah, October second, uh, and and uh, but I, I will I will validate that that date with you and the time and make sure that it's in the calendar too. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Mark, you're doing the right thing, and um, the more I get to know you, the more I stand with you. So uh, you have you have my support and the support of the organization, and anything we can do, just let me know. Oh, you're you're already doing it, Joe, and I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate you and, and what, everything that you do. Right on. Well, we just we're just doing what we can, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll get out of this and you'll be able to help us continue on. You know I will, man. You know I will. I know it. All right, you take care now. Again, Mark Pedersen from Colorado Springs. Yep, Colorado, where it's legal, folks. He's fighting a felony case. Five felonies. Him and his co-defendant, Ron Nyhouse, um, helping out sick people, finds himself faced with five felonies. And, of course, property and, and money seized and the whole nightmare that comes along with it. Um, for those of us who have been through it, 
you our hearts go out to you and for those of you who haven't feel blessed all right if prohibition doesn't end folks it's just a matter of time every single one of us will get hit you know it's like that old poem from world war Two. First they came for the unions and then they came for the for the jews and the priests and then they came for me and there was nobody left and, and you know what you watch what's happening out here they're systematically pulling away our rights and we're just going <laughs> okay oh curfew here let's take your guns over there nope can't sell milk over here Oh, pot? No, no, can't have that pot and guns. Oh, no, no, extra felonies. Um, little by little, homeland security. Ooh, okay, no, you can't go there. You can't say that. Oh, we're going to start collecting information. Yeah, well, what are we going to do with it? Don't worry about it. We got this. It's happening. It's happening over and over and again. And our rights are being whittled down, and we're just going, huh, okay. Well, I'm not cool with that. So... Frankly, I'm hoping more and more people will be not cool with that, and we will continue on to become the solution rather than the problem. All right, we have Tom Corby up next. And, uh, Tom, you've got uh, ample time to give your NorCal report. Before we get to Tom Corby, though, I'm going to do, um, I don't know, a little segment, I guess. Uh, the first part of this is going to be the calendar and, you know, I'm going to keep beating this calendar drum because, god dang it, we bought the calendar, we bought the website, we have an organization that knows about the website, we have all the tools to put things on the calendar. Becca actually created a nice little calendar that's easy to deal with. It's simple. So we're going to do a little demonstration. We're going to type into our toolbar, thsintl.org. Oh, look at that. It's the Human Solution website. And look at that. There's a button. Calendar. Oh, here we go. What do we have here on this calendar? Three events that, oh, yeah, I'm part of. Shouldn't be that way, folks. There's, we've got membership all over the country, in other countries, all over the world. There's things happening, things happening everywhere. Why aren't they on our calendar? So, Let's see, yesterday we had Jury Rights Day. I would certainly love to hear about some Jury Rights Day stories. I know um, Georgia was in full uh, regalia out there, our Southern-style chapter. Uh, I heard tale that our NorCal folks were doing stuff. Hopefully Tom's got some good news for us. I heard a few bits and dribs and drabbles of, of uh, Jury Rights Day activities. Please um, send pictures. Tell us about it. When people hear what happens, when people hear what you do, it doesn't matter if it's one of you, two of you, three of you. Get out there and do something. Do, 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 do. That's the difference. You know, we can talk about it. We can think about it. We can post about it. We can whatever about it. But when we do it, it's real. It's real. And it's inspiring, and it causes it to happen. Action begets action, and it's so true. I know that when my case was going on, I did more than I do today because I had to. I needed to be free, and it worked. Okay? Now that I'm free, I'm having to take care of other things too, but I still care enough to do. And, you know, the headquarters chapter has led the way of the human solution since the beginning. We were the first chapter 
I'd like to think that we're the best chapter, but this week, this year, Jury Rights Day, um, we only had one person chime in and say they were going to show up outside of my, you know, hometown green team that lives with me. I determined that that wasn't enough to go out to the courthouse um, because we already had an event planned for this weekend. We have a beach trip, and hopefully we'll have a lot of people show up. And I said, well, if people are willing to go to the beach, then we can do some jury outreach there. There will be thousands of people at the beach. We take over a little plot of land that creates an encampment. We're pretty riveting folks, so people come around and want to talk to us. It happens every time. So hopefully um, we'll get a few of us that are willing to get out there and talk about our rights, our rights as jurors, our rights to say not guilty when we determine a law to be immoral or unjust, or both, hell, for that matter. Um, and we can come just to hang out, but... Ah, feedback. I love my wife. I love my wife. I love her. Anyways, um, that was the sound of a derailed train. We're going to be at Oceanside State Beach right there by the pier. There's a little park on the opposite side of the sidewalk. I think it's, I don't know, two lifeguard stations south of the pier, something like that. Um, and just to your left, there's a little grassy knoll. Um, and we take over this grassy knoll, and we set up a little encampment. There will be a few tents and a few folks and good people, smiles and uh, food, and, hell, we'll probably be smoking some pot. It's been known to happen. Um, come and hang out. Learn a little something. We'll teach you about your rights. We'll teach you about the human solution. Um, that's what's on our calendar, that and a cup of joe. I know for a fact that there were things that happened. I know there were court dates. I know there was sentencing, there was all kinds of things. So hopefully next week um, we'll have a better accurate description of what's going on and guess what? More people will be able to attend. It works when we use it, folks. All right. The next thing is, is we have a contest going on. And this is an ongoing contest. It's a weekly contest. Um, can you get a bracelet and a magnet so we can demonstrate the prize of this week's contest. So the Human Solution has um, some swag. We have some gizmos and gadgets and this is and that's and probably soon, hopefully, we'll have a cup of Joe coffee cup. That's something that we need to have. So if anybody knows how or wants to or is willing to create a graphic for a coffee cup that has a cup of Joe on it, I'll give you one. Um, we'd love to have it. We could use them as prizes. We are here to incite uh, inspiration in any way we can, and we can uh, inspire you. We can threaten you. We can kidnap you. We can um, bribe you. We can give you gifts. We can tickle you. We can do all kinds of things. We are willing and able to do any and all of them if you're just help us in prohibition, and there's so many ways to do that. So, uh, the contest is a simple one. We have our solidarity ribbon. See this little ribbon here? It's a little green ribbon with a red cross. And the green ribbon with the red cross is our symbol of solidarity. And it shows 
the first responder, the little red cross there is the symbol of, of a first responder. And what happens is as people get busted or people find themselves victims of um, the war on drugs, they find that it's a fire. The world just went to hell. Uh, there's nobody there to help me. I'm screwed. And we come running. And we share our experience. Uh, we'll share our sandwich. We'll give you a ride. We'll uh, let you cry on our shoulder. We'll talk to you. We'll help you organize. We'll show up at court. We'll give you a radio show that you can call in. Um, we'll do a lot of things. So um, this solidarity ribbon is a symbol that we have used and brought uh, all over the world. And it's a simple symbol. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't say we like pot. It doesn't say we don't like tyranny. It doesn't say anything. It just has a green ribbon with the red cross, a universal symbol of solidarity. Um, so on the Human Solution Facebook group page, not the page page, but the group page, um, we're doing a contest, and the contest is simple. You take a picture of a ribbon somewhere, somehow, with somebody, something, something interesting, something exciting, um, something adventurous. <coughs> the ribbon can tell a story. The ribbon can just be in an interesting place. You tell us why it should win. Submit the picture onto that page, and you will be a contestant. Um, we've had a number of contestants, but unfortunately, they were all board members that submitted them. And frankly, if we have a non-board member that submits, they're going to win. It seems a little bit inappropriate to give prizes to board members for doing something that we all could and should do. So hopefully the board members will continue to submit pictures in inspiration uh, for others to do so. So this week we have two prizes. One is a Solidarity Ribbon Earth Magnet. And this was custom made for us. It's laser cut, um, painted, and it has a very powerful little magnet on the back. It'll stick to any steel. Um, this magnet literally rode on the bumper, the front bumper of an RV when we went to Paula Huff's sentencing hearing in Tucson, Arizona. And it drove all the way there and all the way back and stayed on the whole way. So that is prize number one. Prize number two, we have a um, yeah, it's a parachute cord, but they call it a survival bracelet. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a survival bracelet. So technically, this thing is in such a way that if you were in a jam and you needed a little piece of rope, you could unwind this thing, and you'd have a little piece of rope to get yourself out. But either way, you have a really cool little adjustable bracelet that will fit your wrist, and people, it's not one of those nasty little rubber ones that constrict you, and as much as people love to get them and love to give them out, I hate to wear them. So this is actually kind of a cool thing. So these two things are going to Lori Murphy, who wins the prize today. She submitted two pictures of ribbons. I believe it was on Fairmont Street in Las Vegas, and one of the pictures, the one that won, was a photograph of the ribbon, a big one, with Waldo, the character from Where's Waldo? And I thought that was kind of the coolest one that I saw. 
And so, Lori Murphy is our winner, and I know how to get a hold of you, and there is your prize. All right. So, we got Jury Rights Day. We got our contest winner. And, again, keep submitting those pictures, and we'll select one every week, and there will be different prizes. Hopefully soon we'll have a Cup of Joe mug. We also have our new logo that we love a lot, and I am looking for somebody to design a T-shirt. Um, it's, I've got a lot of people say, I can do it, I know this person, that person, whatever. I don't have a design I can get printed right now. So the sooner we get one, uh, the sooner we can print them and have them, and we can have them also as prizes or items that you can purchase. So get a hold of me. I'm easy to reach. All right, here we go. we got 19 minutes left. I've got Tom Corby that will probably take all of it, but if you want to, if you've got something, if you're listening right now and you've got something to say, um, or if you, somebody else wants to call in and, and uh, have something to say, you just got to pick up your phone, just like that, and dial 626-929-2495, and our amazing screener, Noncompliant Mary, will talk to you and see what you have to say, put you up in the queue, and we will bring you live on the air. If you're not rude and obnoxious and are telling the truth, I don't care what you have to say. We will tie it into our theme one way or another. All right, Tom Corby from NorCal, the amazing Tom Corby. Just, I don't know, another brush with harrowing fires up there, not too far from you. Um, what's going on, Tom? How are you doing today? Are you keeping yourself safe? Uh, thank you, Joe and Becca, Harry, Bobby, Rodrigo. And all those on the front line coming together to end prohibition. Uh, thanks, Joe, for sending uh, another box of our new Human Solution uh, pamphlets up with Bob. Yeah, Garrett those are the and, brand uh, new ones with new information and our new phone numbers. So um, it's important right. that we keep current stuff going. Right. And I noticed that we have a new phone number. Uh, so yes. Uh, cool, and also not mine. Sending, nice. <laughs> and Don and, Don and I uh, a human solution T-shirt, and, and um, it was her seventy-second birthday yesterday, so we'll consider that her one of her presents Happy from the human. <laughs> uh, NorCal, uh, just when I thought a couple weeks ago my calendar is getting empty, and it is basically from. Four or five years ago, when I first joined the human solution with Joe, uh, the last two cases I got, uh, and with Nick Moran's case, Alex Lyons' case, I give them all two to one odds their case will go away. The last two cases, and Bob Jarrett's friend, uh, they've been down there, I know, with you, helping you. Thank them. And they helped me up here, too, uh, Colleen, uh, Frank, Cannon. I'm sure you met Frank, comes down with Bob. Well, he has a case. It's different than any other case, cases. Uh, I'm going to try to cut to the chase here. He uh, was on a plane, when he, and he had a couple beers on the plane. Uh, he, When he got off the plane, uh, uh, cut to the chase here, uh, a lady CHP came over and suspected him 
of being on some kind of drugs. Well, he uh, was finally uh, charged with DUI misdemeanor. He had a couple beers on the plane, and he took his pharmaceuticals the morning before, so it turns out this may be more about his pharmaceuticals than the DUI. Uh, Frank, with Bob's help, uh, has his discovery, uh, has in there three times where he's proven that he's been under the 0.8 axis from 6.2 to 6.8. So they put him under stress and address. They uh, said they were going to take his driver's license if he didn't consent to a blood test. So they take a blood test. What do you think they found? Oh, he's right at 0.8. So uh, now they got this, this BS charge, and this case is civil. Uh, so this case is actually in Chico, not here in Buca- uh, not here in Oroville at courthouse. It's in Chico. Uh, it's actually uh, they're going they're going to uh, to a CMC, CMC case management conference uh, next uh, Friday, the fifteenth September at ten thirty. A.M. in Chico at 775 Concord Avenue uh, in, in Chico. Uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie, uh, let's see. The, no, let, 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 hold on, hold on. I, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. Frank's actually. Uh, I'm looking at my calendar because I, I got Ray Sharp on the Human Solution calendar. I haven't got Frank on the counter yet because I haven't got his uh, email address. Sometimes that makes it a little hard when you want to post a new calendar to have to get their email. But he has, back Monday, he has uh, at 8.30 a.m. Uh, right here in Oroville, Frank has uh, has uh, a hearing uh, because it, uh, what I found out from his PE, and actually his PD Fahey, uh, Michael Fahey actually got back to Frank and talked to us. He knows who I am. Uh, he's actually uh, coming for Frank, and uh, we want to thank him for most PDs, PDs and some of your attorneys, like Ray Sharp. Uh, Charnel James hasn't even got back to him in a month and a half, and that's not good when you get when you pay him money. We know that. So, what I see here is I see coercion. Uh, the officers threatened to take his license, and 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 and, and, and so uh, this blood test comes out at, at a zero point eight. Uh, so, there, because it's a misdemeanor, if there's no preliminary hearing, you cannot file a nine nine five motion. Uh, but what he's going to do is uh, we. we uh, is take them on to trial, right? So that's uh, next Monday morning, right here, number one Court Street in Oroville. Uh, so to get on to get on to Ray Sharp, uh, he's actually part of our circle here. 
and I want to thank Ray Sharp and his and his baby Jackie Little. Uh, they've actually come and come for us too. They're reciprocating, and uh, uh, they they're taking the human solution and the, the court support and all the application from Dr. Allen to Alex Lyons. And we came for them. So it's on the calendar. Human Solution International dot org slash calendar. And like Joe says, uh, when we can post these calendars uh, and get them in there early so we can build court support. Uh, I have now I have a new case, and this one I'm not going to give two to one odds on because Joe, it, it kind of is kind of indicative of Bart Seven. In that, we're talking about. 778 plants in beds. Well, that's good. Most, but we know that's only half. 132 pounds of flour and 16 pounds of BHOs. That's where they get you on the BHOs and the propane chain and how they, how this charge is the one that keeps throwing at them, throwing at them. Uh, there's an informant. The warrant was sealed. Why is that? Dustin Brown, one of the uh, one of the uh, the defendants, they would rather not really bring all this out right away. They're just kind of keeping it undercover for now. Uh, PG&E uh, looks like they are the informants. Uh, they had a, a PG&E bill of one hundred two thousand dollars. But that sounds exorbitant, although that was in four years. That's since 19, uh, Steve, uh, since, uh, since 1914, 2014. So that's, that's within reason. Uh, they do have their doctor's recommendations, which uh, I still feel is important to have your doctor's recommendations, and they have 10 recommendations. So we're coming under the 99 plant rule. Uh, this is another flyover, which we're, we're proving up here in Butte County. They cannot use these flyovers. Another flyover, and so was Ray Sharp's case uh, when he got busted. And 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 uh, actually, uh, code enforcement uh, is out of line up here. And a lot of these uh, people with code enforcement, they're not really officers, and they're not really. They can't really just come in and charge you. Well, that's what. They came in and actually, uh, they looked over the fence. They had they had, the fence is ten foot high, and they had to get up on some kind of ladder just to see over the fence on a flyover. Uh, there's nothing, and there's only code enforcement involved. There's not. So how can we even have a charge? So so they were charged with. Uh, I'm just I'm getting back and forth here because the, the cases kind of resemble each other as usual, Joe. So here's code enforcement looking over the fence, going through a neighbor's yard. The neighbor's going to file a complaint against them, and they have ten charges, uh, actually nine charges against them, all BS. Ray Sharp's another one that has his has his uh, discovery, and he is working his case. And he's a go getter. He's not backing down. He's going to take him on to trial. He's filing an injunction on this code enforcement officer, Ted Weber. 
uh, is what we can do too when we know they're out of line. When we bring these against these these people, this is what they have ears to hear. So uh, uh, getting back to, uh, I'm going to call this this new case, uh, and actually I believe that they have, I'm going to call it, my post on Facebook was uh, Defendants 5. Well, there's some good news on this case. I'm getting back. There were five defendants, and uh, they three of them were out uh, on bail. No, actually, two were out on bail, and three were there, and they came out, and they were in jail, and the orange suits up there handcuffed, three of them. Uh, in the end, I want to say this. They have a hell of a team. Uh, they have they have hired uh, Jesse Santana and Shodeda Foster up here in Butte County. Uh, what a team they have. Uh, they have really good PDs. They all came, and, they, and it was really uh, historical to be there uh, to see all five defendants have a separate PD attorney there talking for them. That day, we got we not only got one out on OR, we got one case dismissed, and uh, we got the bail. All these defendants, the five of them were charged five hundred thousand dollar bail. So in the end, and of course I can't hear, but I got this in the end, uh, uh, PD Radcliffe, which actually back over six years ago was my first PD when I first started fighting my case. Uh, he got the, all the bail uh, reduced on Dustin Brown to 102000 uh, because they have an attorney, they, uh, 8% of that. They raised that night out there, 6 o'clock in the evening, they raised the, the necessary 8%, about $8,000, to get all three out of jail. Because we know if you're in jail, there's not much you can do in there. So that was pretty positive. And they have a, they have a, hell, of a, hell, a hell of a team that, uh, coming for them. They're very appreciative of the support. Uh, they first got a hold of Alex Lyon. He's our Butte County representative. And... Uh, I believe, uh, not sure, uh, uh, they haven't got back. Actually, Alex is kind of handling the case. Uh, they're coming on probable cause, of course, here. They've they got a warrant to seal who's the informant. Um, so that's uh, all I can see that I have today. Uh, I could go on and on. I don't want to go all the time. I'd like to... <laughs> Well, we'd like to hear Willie in the end. <laughs> if we go over time, he gets cut off. I had a couple people tell me, yeah, that's, it's really nice to hear him in the end. So I want to thank everybody today. I'm a little bit uh, spaced out here. I've been out in my garden, and I'm really busy. But uh, we always have time to come together. That's that's an important thing. You know, together we stand, put our wrists aside. And come together and end prohibition. Free all our POWs. No one should be going to jail for our plan. I've been fighting for this right for 50 years that I've been using this medicine. And what's that say? I quit cigarettes 45 years ago. And I thank God I made a few good decisions in my life. <laughs> all right. Well, come together now. Well, Tom, I got one question for you. Does court sure. support work? What do you think? Does court support work? Is it worth going out there to support these folks? 
Oh, yes, of course. And it's and when we talk about court support, it's not just that you're watching the defendant's back, because if you've ever been there, it's like Joe, and you're up there, you're alone up there against the judge, and, 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 and actually the PDs are working with the DAs, and you're up there all alone. You don't have anybody watching your back. It's a pretty tough road to hold. Moreover, the advocation we get, no, we're not attorneys. But we can give. We have basic basic steps we take, and we make sure to let them know that we take no deals, on none, especially on a plan. Sometimes, on certain cases, uh, we have to uh, take a deal. Uh, but as we as we carry our case forward, and we come after them, the deals keep getting better, and a lot of them are just going away thanks to. Thanks to court support, also court support gets point people together. Uh, when we have court support, what are we doing the whole time? We're working that case. We picked, we actually picked up another case. He doesn't want us to say too much now that they see Dr. Allen came over and uh, Alex has got that case too. He, sometimes the defendants, if they want to keep it low key, We'll do that, too. We'll still come, but they, they just kind of want to keep it undercover. And, you know, when you get busted and you get out of jail, you're in fear and stress and duress, and you're scared. That's what they do to you. And as we come more, they loosen up. Uh, it seems like the women more, they will agree. They the PTSD, and they, we just have to remember to breathe, as Donna says, and don't let them scare us or they win. So, yes, courts of uh, and jury nullification, I, I can't believe when I go out and talk, not just yesterday, but any time I'm out and I just mentioned jury nullification, most people just do not have a clue. And they're so, there's they're, they're great, it's great for them to hear they have this right that, of course, the courts don't want you to know about jury nullification. And uh, when there's no victim, how can there be a crime? That's the point that we make even to the judges and the jury. If there's no victim, how can there be a crime? Okay, one well, thank you, Joe, and everybody today on the front lines. <laughs> and and uh, say, time, Tom, thank you very much. All right. Well, folks, um, it gives me about a minute or so to, to wrap this up. I want to thank everybody for participating in the show and as much as I do not like Facebook, as much as I try to separate from it, uh, it seems that this uh, Facebook live stream is bringing more people to see this show than um, any of the other avenues. I guess uh, I don't know what it is that you like about watching it, but I am trying to be as boring as I can for you. Um, now, I just... You know, we just do what we do. This isn't about uh, production value or, or putting on a show for you. It's it's um, it's a resource. Real deal, folks. So I want to thank my vice president, Lisa Wooldridge, for making this happen. Um, she's coming out injured as she is, um, setting things up and um, streaming this sucker. So um, I do appreciate everybody that's been helping produce the show and guests that are coming on, and uh, it's your show, folks. The more people participate, uh, the better we make it. So thank you very much, 
And last I checked, Willie Nelson's got a little something he wants to say to you. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my 